Hello friends! This is Grace Hot Pants Langhine with your second episode of the Mullet Chronicles. Uh, and I want to explain the mullet. Well, the mullet is a haircut and it is often described as being business in the front, party in the back. And I am bringing you stories from the front, middle, and even the party in the back of the pack. So each episode is one race report that lives out on the interwebs. Uh, and the author of that race report sent the race report to me. So I, in these episodes, I provide a quick overview and then I read that race report word for word. If you are interested in me reading your race report, you can submit them to me on Facebook, Instagram, and at therunningmullet at gmail.com. So I do have permission to read all of these race reports um, and and I want to get that too uh, not because not just because of, of permission because that's important but also I want to know how to pronounce all the names and races and and things like that so uh, so if you're interested you can hit me up on any one of those methods and uh, I will read your race reports okay so Let's jump right into today's episode. It comes to us from my friend, Nicole Werner, and it is her finish of the Eastern States 100 miler. Um, Eastern States, if you don't already know about it, it traverses the rugged Pennsylvania Wilds region of Pennsylvania with about 20,000 feet of gain and highly, highly technical terrain. Uh, I, <laughs> I do have experience with Eastern States, um, only because I managed to DNF it twice. <laughs> and then I last, uh, this, this past year decided that crewing was much more fun. And I enjoyed that very much. Uh, Nicole and I both have a strong passion for the trail community. We became fast friends, uh, years ago. And I was really excited to hear when she crushed it at Eastern States because we had been talking about her training all year and she was 100% committed to her training. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to read this race report to you. A couple of notes before we get into it. Uh, you will hear her mention that she was excited about a sub 28 hour finish. And I just want to clarify that a sub 28 hour finish is a phenomenally strong finish for this particular race. Um, it, you know, it might seem odd in comparison to other hundreds where a sub 24 is common, but the women's cor course record, which was set by Nicole Yoakum, who, uh, she's a, a phenomenal runner. Um, that course record is 2434. The men's record sits at 1823, uh, by Wesley Atkinson. So it is, um, in comparison to other hundreds, it's just a quote unquote slower race. Um, because it's so technical. You'll also hear her mention cancellations. Um, and her reference to that is because this race suffered a couple of setbacks, totally outside of the race director's control. 2018, they canceled because of race logistics. I won't go into the details. 2022, of course, canceling because of COVID. So Nicole had trained both of those years, but didn't get to run it because of the cancellations. All right, so I just wanted to throw those two pieces in there. That is your intro. Let's get into Nicole's race report. This was written on Monday, October 17th, 2022. It's titled Eastern States 103.1 Miles, August 13th through 14th, 2022. 
I finally did it. 131, 103.1 miles in 27.58 and second place female. Eastern States has been on my radar since it started in 2014. The allure of such a challenging race deep in the PA wilderness making one big loop was exactly what I was looking for. I signed up in 2018 and 2021. Both years I trained hard and the race was canceled. I thought maybe fate was telling me Eastern States wasn't meant to be. So I changed it up and I ran Rim to River 100 in 2021. Rim to River was great and I swore I was one and done with the 100 mile distance. It was so hard on my body, so much time for training. I did well. I knew I could do it and that was what mattered. But Eastern States, sigh, heavy sigh. I could pace and volunteer again. I had nothing to prove. Then on December 4th, I signed up. Training. I only had one race in 2022 other than Eastern States, and it was Tammany 10. This was another race that intrigued me. I'm generally not a fan of looped races, but 10 loops with about 40 miles and 12,000 feet in elevation gain in 10 hours seemed like an excellent mental prep for Eastern States. I did the almost two hour drive to Delaware Water Gap three times to train in the snow, ice, rain, each visit increasing the number of loops I completed. I met a new person up there training for Tammany 10 each weekend, and it reminded me how much I enjoy trail runners. But this was a race I wasn't sure I could complete, and that made it fun. The race did not disappoint in its difficulty, and it pushed me hard to get it done in time for my ride and number one fan, Mike, to be home to watch a Villanova basketball game. This race gave me confidence in myself, and I became a better downhill runner, navigating the steep and rocky descent so many times just to survive. I'll be back in 2023 to volunteer for that one. I rarely use races for training anymore because I'm not good at appropriately pacing in a race setting. Must always try and catch the person in front of me. However, I did have a big training weekend planned. About five weeks out from race day, my friend Erica, who was training for Eastern States 100, and Pacer Tom joined me for three days and over 65 miles on the course. We went through an insane moth outbreak, and it was like running through Twilight Zone, stinging nettle up to our waist and super high blade grass. Ugh, hives. We saw a bear and her two cubs climb up a tree and a rattlesnake on a narrow section of trail. The rattler stayed in a comfortable coil before Tom moved it off the trail with a long tree branch so we could pass, which might have resulted in my fastest pace on record. I've never done a three-day block like that, and it was awesome to know what to expect on this course. This was a real test of my knee after an injury in late June, and it held up great. It was also so much to hear... Tom's stories about all of his ultras and Erica's positive energy makes it impossible to not feel joy on the trails. The PA courses I run are technical, but there's good sections that are runnable and it helped me to be able to strategize based on where those runnable parts were. After a stretch of July heat training with many miles covered at Valley Forge, the Wissahickon, Trexler Preserve, and Delaware Water Gap, 
race day brought cooler temps and low humidity. I felt positive going into this race because I had covered 95% of the course in training runs. Minus the section of Richie Runta Heiner, more on that later. Had a good training block, even with a cranky knee, and my crew and pacers were top notch. First half. I proactively taped both of my knees, which felt really weird and dorky, but tape works. My pack was loaded with spring gels and flasks were full of tailwind. My sleep was spotty, but the week leading up had been good sleep, so I felt excited, nervous, and ready to go. I kept saying, I can't believe it's finally here. The race started at Little Pine State Park at 5 a.m., and there's a short section on the road before we enter the trail. My knee buckled around mile two, and I internally panicked a bit, but it seemed okay after our first big climb. Erica told me after the race that she saw that buckle but didn't want to say anything. Smart friend. We were in a conga line on the narrow trail and first big climb, so I had to tell myself to sit back and enjoy the company. This is where my mantra for the day came. Be patient. Eric and I stayed together for some miles, and we ran some miles with our friend Matt. It's awesome having friends on the course, and there were too many to count in this one. We breezed through the aid stations one and two, feeling good about banking the time planned for each of them. I started stretching out my legs a bit and found myself alone on the trail, wondering where I fell in the group of about 40 women that had started. Seeing my crew and my family at aid station three, Lower Pine Bottom, was so uplifting. They told me I was second place woman, and I felt surprised knowing that I had passed her on my way into the aid station. I was hoping to take my headphones, but they weren't connecting, so I bagged it. The crew took good care of me, and my daughter, Mary, had her stopwatch ready to hustle me out. The race was progressing nicely. I saw my trail sisters' Philadelphia friends at Brown's Run. I visualized running more of Brown's Run, but I made a new friend, Erin, and came back to my mantra, be patient. I saw Ray Lynn and her gorgeous daughter at the Happy Dutchman aid station. The sun was up, and even though the temps were good, I was getting hot. Any time I was exposed to the sun, I felt my energy draining. When I arrived at Ritchie Road, I was feeling okay, but getting more and more hot. I had in mind that this would be an easy downhill to Heiner. This was the one section of the course I hadn't seen in advance. Lies. It wasn't great for me since big sections were exposed on a gravel road. By the time I arrived at Heiner, I was feeling zapped and worried that I was feeling this way at, quote unquote, only 43 miles in. This is where my mantra comes in handy. Be patient. Don't get attached to feeling good. Don't get attached to feeling bad. I had gone through a small stream crossing right before Heiner that was enough to get my shoes wet, so I changed into new socks and shoes. My feet were looking good at this point and body was holding up great. I still wanted my lakey poles because I was anticipating my knee would give, give up on me at some point, and I was hoping the poles might extend my running time. Mary had her stopwatch going and gave me my five-minute warning, so I knew my precious time with family and friends was coming to an end. Mary kicked us out, and I was so happy to have Kelly join me. She lifted me up through what ended up being the toughest part of my race. I was telling myself, be patient. This will change. 
Kelly's encouragement was priceless and she kept gently moving me along even though I wasn't the most talkative or greatest company. There were many times where I told myself just put one foot in front of the other. I was counting a ton. Run for 100 seconds, walk for 30 seconds, run for 200 seconds, walk for 60 seconds, and on and on and on to try and keep moving. Is this aid station ever going to appear? When we got to dry run, I got ice cold water, which was delicious. I saw my friend Kristen volunteering, which was also so nice. Kelly got me to eat, and I think she saved my race. Don't underestimate the power of a banana. Second half. At Slate Run, it feels like the second half of the race is starting. Tom joined me from here to the finish. We had a solid climb to Algerines. I think the sun setting rejuvenated me. By the time we got to Blackwell, my left foot was really bothering me. I spent 10 plus minutes icing and got it wrapped by Dr. Bill, which may have saved my race since it continued to get worse. Blackwell's climb isn't the hardest in the race, but with 80 miles on your legs, it's really tough. Going down started to get dicey too, but it also feels like a milestone because the hardest parts of the course, in my opinion, are done. We carried on still running some. I had some near life changing pancakes at Skytop that powered me through to Barron's aid station eight miles later. I volunteered at Barron's twice and couldn't wait for that cowbell. This was the last time I would see Mike before the finish, and he didn't let me get too emotional about it. If my my mantra was be patient, my cruise was get going. The stretch from Barron's to the finish started with running, but my foot was getting more and more painful. Tom kept encouraging me and moving us along as I whimpered like a little baby. The final steep downhill was pretty rough, but we were so close it barely registered. There was a narrow margin of breaking 28 hours, so I dug deep and picked up the pace. As soon as I saw my son, Michael, I knew I had to give it everything. It was a dream to finish this race after training twice and then cancellations. The course and work put into it were astounding, especially since we saw what condition it was back it was in back in July. This is a tough sport and the best community. I'm so grateful for the journey and memories. What went well? One, training. Two, nutrition. Three, knees. Four, course preview. Five, crew. What could have been better? One, nutrition. I need to eat more sooner. Two, start. Conga line. I tried to stay patient, and I think it's not a bad mantra, but looking back, I think I could have raced harder had I started closer to the front of the pack. Three, night before sleep. And that is Nicole's fantastic race race report from Eastern States 100 in 2022. Thank you, Nicole, for that race report. You can read more of Nicole's other race reports at choosethetrailgoingup.blogspot.com. You can, again, submit your race reports to me on Facebook, Instagram, and therunningmullet at gmail.com. And you can listen to Eric Kosak and myself every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern talking all things running from the back, middle, front of the pack, 
at the Running Mullet, our main podcast. Thanks so much for listening and you're awesome.